Welcome to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast, where each week we simplify the complexities of your leadership journey. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. Whether you are listening to this podcast or you are watching us on YouTube, we are so glad you are joining us. And we encourage you to download the show notes and follow along. My name is Amber Jordan, and I am here with Dr. Michael David Morales, a.k.a. Mo. Mo, how's it going today? Amber, I'm doing great because I know we're going to be talking about generations in just a second. So I'm going to let you get to it. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I came across this article online the other day, and it was titled 20 Eye-Opening Statistics About the State of Career Change in 2020. So this article was actually written in March of 2020, and we know that so much has happened since then that we really don't haven't even experienced the full impact of yet. But this was written going into 2020, and it says this. It said 70% of the workforce was actively looking for a change in careers, 70%. Now, this is on the heels of what they say um, in 2018, where 60% of the workforce quit their jobs. So just two years later, 70% was actively looking to change careers. It says nearly 75% of Gen Xers, which is us, um, are expected to return back to school because they're just unhappy with their jobs and their careers. And then get this, 91% of millennials expect to change jobs every three years. (laughs) Wow. So I know. So today we've titled um, our episode, Why Your People Are Leaving. So Mo, why don't you tell us what's going on out there? (laughs) Yeah, I love those stats, seriously. And um, when uh, you read me just a couple of them, not all of them, and I knew what I was in store for, I was thinking, this is great. And so let's face it. I mean, people are always looking for a reason to quit, right? (laughs) I mean, people just, you know, my my bosses, you know, this, that, or whatever, the company, everybody's looking for a reason to quit. In fact, you know, that's why so many people have multiple careers and jobs in their lives. And now, like you just said, most of these generations, at least, you know, the Xers and the Yers, and then who knows about the Zers and everybody after that, what they're going to go through, right? But gone are the days when you work for 40 years, like our grandfathers did, or maybe even our dads, um, and you retire with the gold watch and the incredible retirement package, and you ride off into the sunset, and they have this great party for you, and everybody thanks you for knowing you for all those years. Those days are gone, right? (laughs) For the most part. I mean, there's exceptions to every rule, which is why as leaders, we have to give people a reason to be a part of our company, our team, and our lives in general. So with that being said, the first reason, Amber, today that we're talking about that people leave companies is this, and, and you're going to love this one. This is totally Mo, right? They don't like you. <laughs> I mean, let, let's face it. Sometimes, you know, people just don't like their managers. They don't like their boss. It's pretty simple, right? Well, somebody has to say it, so I will. And the reason people leave their jobs much of the time is because they can't stand their boss. (laughs) There's only so much that they can put up with. Uh, They're not being heard. They have a bad boss. It makes it even worse. And believe it or not, it's definitely your job as the leader, as the manager, to make sure that your people stick around to be a part of your company. You know, I, I mean, think about it. Your company is definitely gonna be put in a better position if they can keep people for a longer amount of time. 
And that is if they're in a growing environment and they have a good culture of leadership. And there are multiple studies out there that show that people never really leave their companies. They really leave their bosses. Wow, right? I mean, they're under bad management. They need to move on. It's not necessarily that they want to move on, but they're kind of forced to. And it's pretty difficult to go from one job to another, unless you're like my friend Harry, um, who's the world's best uh, ever interviewee and quitter of any job. I mean, he can interview, get a job, and quit within like a couple weeks. Um, but most of us aren't like that, right? I mean, th this guy, Harry, he, he loves to get new jobs. I mean, he's a professional at it. And probably because he's been in every interview process with several different industries. And in fact, I told him one time, I said, dude, you know how many, how many things you've learned from these interviews? You should start your own company because you, you know what to do. You could tell people how to interview, how to get the job. And there's a lot of good stuff out there, but I'm telling you, this guy was a pro at it. And it was never really him quitting in his case, for instance, because he was a bad employee because he's a great guy, but he just didn't like his boss. And he just thought, eh, I'll get another job. And so, you know, when he would find a good manager and, and, and he found a few, I mean, he's actually, he actually did end up getting a job and, and, and staying with that, that company for, for quite a while. It's because he liked the culture. He liked the, the, the manager. He liked the leadership. You know, the, there's something about, you know, becoming a manager, right? Where people just get, I mean, kind of lazy, maybe, maybe. And, and, and they figure, well, now I'm at the management position. I just need to tell people what to do. <laughs> and that's why, you know, when sometimes when people get to be managers, you know, they, they kind of lose it. And they, and part of it is they start losing their people. And so think of leaders. I mean, in, in reality, um, a lot of people think they're leaders, but really they're just poor managers at best, right? And so if you're in a situation out there, listening to our podcast where you have a bad management team or bad management style over you, you probably only have a couple of reasons why you're staying at this point at the company you're at. And the first one is this. I mean, sometimes you can stay in a situation that, that you're in if you're given enough autonomy to at least do what you need to do. You know, I mean, you really don't necessarily like the way that the, the way the company is going, but hey, at least I get to kind of, you know, have influence over my area. And your manager kind of understands that you have gifts and, and skills and they kind of get out of your way. And I'm totally cool with this because, you know, if, if you're put in a position to be a leader in that, uh, in, in, in that situation, that's great because the people that report to you and look to guidance for you, they're going to be in good hands. And the second is this. <laughs> Sometimes you, you'll stay in a situation because you believe in the vision. You believe in the mission. You believe what the company is all about. And if you're like a lot of people out there who have a, a higher leadership lid than their manager or their boss, you're probably there because you believe in the mission of your company. And maybe you're changing the world. Maybe you're affecting lives in a specific way, but whatever it is, maybe that's what you have to hold on to. <laughs> well, Mo, can you explain a little bit what you mean by a higher leadership lid? And, and also, how does somebody know if they really have a higher leadership lid than their boss or if they just have an attitude? <laughs> well, it's probably a little bit of both. And uh, <laughs> what I tell people is you got to have people in your life who can help you understand that you are probably not as good as you think you are, and you're probably not as bad as you think you are. But you can't just know that on your own and think, well, I'm pretty great, or, or I'm really not good at this. You have to ask people that you trust in your life. 
And in fact, you know, you and I both have those kind of people in our lives that that kind of give us the real deal, right? Anybody who has the, uh, a sibling, <laughs> um, they'll tell you how it is. Anybody who has a spouse, they'll tell you how it is. But sometimes we don't like to listen to those people. So I say, get people around you that you do want to listen to, and maybe you'll have a better chance listening to them. And so the real question is this, do you know the behaviors that you have that other people dislike? You know, we've all got them, but unless we figure them out, then there's, there's no way that we can begin to, to correct those. You know, we've got shortcomings. And so for instance, do you micromanage? Are you less than honest? Do you show favoritism towards certain people? And for what reasons? Are you a poor communicator? Are you somebody who doesn't care? These are all things that can hinder your ability to lead others. But whatever, Amber, whatever the case may be, what I'm telling managers out there, if you're listening to this and you manage people, that is if you want to keep good people, then you have to get them to like you. And I know that you don't want to hear this, right? You're just thinking, well, shouldn't people just pay, work because they're, they're getting paid to do the job? Well, I'm not saying that you're wrong for thinking that, but it is your job to inspire. Remember, one of my favorite quotes is by Benjamin Disraeli, and he says, leaders are dealers in hope. That's what we do. So leaders, give people a reason to stay. Give them a reason not to quit. And if you can eventually get the, a team around you um, that will give it to you straight, it'll make them better and it'll make you better because they'll help you see your blind spots. They'll even go as far to tell you what other kind of people to hire. I mean, heck, they'll probably even bring those people to you and say, man, this is a great culture now. I want to bring good people on. And hey, boss, hey, manager, why don't you look at this person? Uh, he or she's my friend and they do a great job because it's just going to make everybody better. So everybody wants to work in a company that they like, right? And there's an old adage that if you find something that you like, you'll never work a day in your life. So I'm not saying that you have to love what you do, although that's ideal. What I'm saying is that if you're a leader in a company that sells products that might not be very sexy or you're in charge of a process that isn't the most appealing, you can get people to buy into you as a person and that'll make you better, that'll make the team better, and that'll make the company better as a whole. I'll never forget the day I met a sign spinner trainer. You know those people on the street corner that are spinning those signs all crazy? Oh, yeah, well, I sure. actually, Yeah, <laughs> I, I actually met a trainer of those sign spinners. I was doing a job fair and he was there and he was recruiting people to spin signs. And, I, you know, I thought to myself, that's a job I would never want to do. But I spent a few minutes talking to this guy and he was so passionate about training people to do this right. He was so passionate about how a proper sign spinner adds value to a company and how important the job is and how significant it is. And I'm still, I'm telling you, I'm standing there at his booth and I got so fired up and I thought to myself, I still don't want to do that job, but man, I want to work for this guy. Like he just, <laughs> yeah. he was so inspiring. So the, it doesn't have to be the exact work, but it really does have to be the leadership that you work for. So that's such a good and important point, you know, so people are leaving Number one, because they don't like you, which is sad, but we're <laughs> going to fix that. <laughs> That's right. So number two, what is the second thing that we need to understand of why are people are leaving? Yeah. The second point is this, Amber, and you probably don't want to necessarily take this one to your company right away, but they eventually need to know. And here it is. Number two is your company's hiring practice is horrible. <laughs> and let me start out by asking a couple questions. And the first is this. 
Are your employees in your company exiting as, as fast as you hire them? Because if they are, there's probably some kind of miscommunication or flaw in the hiring system itself. I can't tell you how many companies that I work with and I ask them, what's your criteria for hiring? And almost always there's something that needs to be changed, fixed, thrown out, all three. For example, let's say that your company sees a pretty high turnover in the first couple months. If this is the case, you have to nip it in the bud or else you're just going to keep wasting your time, the time of the people on your hiring committee, and also the people that are interviewing for the job. And the second question is this, are you hiring the right type of person for the right type of job? You have to do both. You can't have one and not have the other. I think a lot of companies have gone away from necessarily worrying about whether or not somebody has a college degree or not, because what they really want are competent people. But some of the best workers and employees that, that I've known don't really have any education past high school. They just put their head down and they got really good at something and they worked really hard. I mean, think of the, some of the greatest business minds and owners and entrepreneurs in the world who have never finished college. Bill Gates, Steve Jobs are a couple of those, right? But let me take this a little bit further. In a piece put out by businessinsider.com titled Five Billionaires Who Never Graduated From High School, here's their list. Jay-Z, who's hip-hop's first billionaire. Richard Branson, who just went to space, right? <laughs> Zal Kunfi, who owns a manufacturing company that makes glass for the big dogs like Apple. Amancio Ortega, the second richest man in Europe. And Francois Penault, founder of the luxury group Caring. And that guy, get, get this, dropped out of school at 11 years old. Wow. <laughs> what was what was I doing with my life, Amber? <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I guess my point is education isn't everything. And this is coming from a guy who has his doctorate, okay? So I, I'm not poo-pooing on education. I mean, I went all the way through to a terminal degree and I'm all about it if, if that's what you need. So obviously I do see the value in pursuing that formal education, but just because you have a degree doesn't make you good at what you do. <laughs> there are a lot of business owners out there who hire based on talent and skill and get this sometimes don't even look at educational degrees. So that's that. <laughs> and the bottom line is you have to figure out what your hiring practices are and what the criteria are. That's easier said than done because I know I'm sure there are people out there that were in the same situation as me of knowing I, I know something's wrong with my hiring practices. I know something needs to change but I don't know what it is. Like, I, I know I'm fishing in the wrong pond, but I don't know where the right pond is. So Mo, I know you help people with this. So how do you help them make the, identify what needs to be changed and then make the change? Yeah, I'll say this. I mean, it, it, I am not the person, for instance, in a company who needs to be part of the hiring process because I just believe in everybody. I mean, I'm going to see somebody and they're, they're, they're going to get me every time. They're going to say, Mo, you should hire me because of X, Y, and Z. And I'm going to be like, yes, this, this is the guy. This is the girl. We need to hire them. It takes specific people who know how to, to understand context and, and move through that process. And so with that being said, th th there's a beta program that I take some of my clients through to help them specifically change their hiring process. It's long and it's arduous, but when you get the hiring practice right and start getting the right people on the bus, then it's a lot easier to get them in the correct seat. If you get the wrong people on the bus, it doesn't matter what seat they take, it's gonna be the wrong seat. They're going to get frustrated. You're going to get frustrated and they're going to move on. And guess whose fault that is? <laughs> um, I'll take it's all about the leader for 500. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Correct. <laughs> Daily yeah. double right there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So your people are leaving because they don't like you and your company's hiring practice is horrible. I don't know, Mo. Do I want to know the third and final principle? Uh, probably not, but I'm going to give it to you anyway, <laughs> since, since I wrote it down and I'm excited about it. Um, it, but here's, here's, you know, the third reason that I have today. And again, this isn't an exhaustive list, but here's a good place to start. If people are leaving, there's, there might be little room for growth or promotion. People are leaving your company maybe because there's little room for growth or promotion. Probably the most frustrating thing for anybody is to be in a position where they think they don't have the opportunity to grow or promote. I mean, who gets up in the morning and thinks to themselves, man, I can't wait to get to my dead-end job? Well, nobody, of course, right? It's, it's only that, that people end up finding themselves in that, that position that they have to deal with it. They go to the job and it leaves them little choice. They can't leave because they need the job to put a roof over their heads, right? But at the same time, they're stagnant and they don't have any room to grow. So where do they go? It's only a matter of time before they're going to figure out a way to get out of that situation. And that situation meaning you as the leader. <laughs> so if you want to stop that turnover at your business and you're the manager of a group or a section that's losing people, you need to make some changes. I do know that. And if you're a larger company, of course, you're going to probably have access to, you know, a few better resources or whatever, maybe. But if you're in a smaller company, don't fret. You know, uh, there's still things that you can do, even if you don't have all the resources of, of one of the big companies. Your people need to know that you're on their side, first and foremost. You know, whatever situation you're in, your people need to know, the people that, that look to you and, and, and the people that you supervise, the people that you influence, they need to know, man, this person, my manager is on my side. So the first action that you might take is to develop goals with them. Help them make an individual growth plan Growth plan that has to do, of course, with the company, but also the regular stuff in their life, including family, personal, extracurricular even. Just because somebody works for you doesn't mean that they want to move up in the company and be in your position, for instance. <laughs> Having those conversations with your employees are going to give them both hope that you see them and that you want to hear them. And also, you know, that, that, that you believe in them and that you want them to achieve more. And if you do this together, you and them, it's going to create a closer bond and it's going to give you insight into their lives. Yeah. And I mean, I think some of our listeners might be thinking, well, if my employees seem unmotivated or enthusiastic about this job, the last thing they're going to want to do is spend more time with me talking mm -hmm. about their lives and setting goals. But, I, you know, we talk a lot on this podcast about how people just want to feel important. And I think... I think this goes such a long way just to be willing to invest in them as people. Um, you know, even maybe they don't want to set goals necessarily, but even offering to go through a book with them on a skill that they might be interested in or leadership or whatever, like just being willing to invest in them as people has a big impact on how much they're willing to invest back as employees. You know, that that's a great point, Amber. And, and if I can add to that, I would say this. You know, just like when you, when you go through things informally, you know, maybe something else you do is encourage your people to continue their education. And like you said, I mean, when you somebody reads a book, that's education. And it's not, education isn't everything, right? But And I'm not necessarily talking about formal education on its own, although formal education might be the next step for your people that, that, that you're working with. And if that's the case, help them look for that next degree and, and encourage them to do that. And in fact, 
here, here's a great story. Um, before Herman Cain uh, was the CEO of Godfather's Pizza and then eventually went on to a career in politics, he was working in a middle-level management position alongside some other people. And it was him and another guy who were always head-to-head for these promotions. And Cain missed a promotion that this other guy got one time. So he went to his manager and he said, well, why did this guy get the promotion and I didn't? And Kane's manager said to him that the other guy had a master's degree and Kane didn't. And then he encouraged Herman Kane to go get a master's degree, which he did. And guess what happened the next time promotions came up for consideration? That's right. Herman Kane got the promotion. <laughs> it was that simple. You know, he got more education. So I'm not saying it's always going to be that easy, but Herman Kane made a choice and then he put in the work. And above that, he had his manager on his side who was encouraging him and saying, man, you got to do this. So people out there, are you encouraging your people to better themselves? Are you being encouraged to, to, uh, to go to the next step in your company by the people above you? And so, you know, the, 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 the third action point for this actual point right here is my personal favorite, which is, you know, you want to act as a coach for your employees or the people that, that report to you. Who's in your purview? You know, those are the people that you should be taking care of. If you have to give a presentation, for instance, somewhere, invite somebody to go with you. Somebody who think, man, this person might be able to move up in the company and I want them to see what it's like to give this presentation. Have them shadow you in, in a different way. You know, shadowing somebody is a great way to learn. I've shadowed a lot of men and women in my life and they have taught me the stuff and given me input. They've given me pointers. They've even asked me what I think that I think that they could do different. And what does that do for me? It gives me confidence. It'll give your people confidence. It'll keep them doing their very best. And also encourage your people to get out of their comfort zones and start looking for opportunities in the short term, but also something that's going to help them in the long run as well. I, I just did this with a couple of my student leaders. So I work with um, with high school students and I've got this student leadership team and we've been working on this upcoming project. And today I met with them and they're like, oh, we don't really need you anymore. We got this. <laughs> and I thought, wow, like that's kind of awesome. Like they, they've been given an opportunity to try things and I've been working with them, but now they have the confidence to kind of go at it on their own. They do. And remember, you know, growth doesn't always have to be a promotion, right? I mean, those, those, those kids that you put into those student leaders, they're just happy to, to spend some time with you and get better at what they do. But you know, there's not necessarily a lot of room, for instance, for, for promotion in a company at any given time, right? I mean, promotions, promotions kind of come and go or whatever. And, and you got to kind of figure out when those are, but you know what? Somebody's going to stick around if they know that you are wanting to make their lives better. And as long as you can add value to your people, <laughs> they're going to stick around and they're going to be want to be a part of what you do. And this is going to make them better. It's going to make you better, right? I mean, it all comes back to the same thing. It's going to make the team better and it's going to make the company better. Well, we are almost out of time for today. So Mo, before we go, what are your final thoughts for our listeners out there? Yeah, I know it's frustrating, you know, when people leave, right? And I know that you you know, you have a, enough on your plate out there, leaders, right? And, and the last thing that you need to do is be worried about people and, and what's going to keep them happy, right? Wrong. <laughs> As the leader, that's your job is, is to understand your people, understand their full potential and help them 
become better every day. And if you add value to your people and add value to others just in general, it's gonna make everybody better. And remember, as the leader, people are your business. That's the first thing that you do. And I'll, I'll close with this. Uh, Dale Carnegie, in his book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, talked about another Carnegie, Andrew Carnegie, who once said that Charles Schwab um, needed to come and work for him. So Andrew Carnegie asked Charles Schwab, hey, can you come and work for me? And I wanna give you a million dollars a year to run my steel company. Schwab had no idea how to run a steel company, knew nothing about steel. But Andrew Carnegie knew that Charles Schwab had people skills and he knew that he had to, uh, he, he had what it, what it took to deal with people in a way that would make them better. And that's why he paid him that money. Now today, that would be like somebody hiring you for $10 million to work with people. In an industry that you have no idea what, what, that, what that industry is about, you just are good with people. So the bottom line is this, know people, be willing to put into people. And when you do that, again, you're gonna make yourself indispensable and people are gonna stop leaving your company and it's gonna start growing. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you again for joining us and we look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for listening to the Rising Tide Leadership Podcast. Highlights and resource links are available for you in the show notes. We hope that you will join us next week as we continue on the leadership journey. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out and share with others so they don't miss out. See you next week.